Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. And I, you, we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I thank God for today. Um, Hold on, I need to pause. Thank you for waiting for me so that I need to call. I don't know about you, but this ever-changing weather has um, caused me to cough and, um, you know, just deal with the various things of today, dealing with the weather Filling with the blessings of the Lord and make it one rich and add no sorrow. I mean, God has just been good, 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 good to me and each and every one of us. So welcome to another Sunday where we have the ability to praise God, to thank God, to worship him, to honor him, to um, just love on him because he is love. And so I have a lot of stuff that he's given me for us today. But before I uh, do any of that, I'm going to check and see if um, Minister Carvon is on the line. And if Minister Carvon is on the line, I'm going to ask him to pray for our service on today. And then we'll go ahead and see what thus says the Lord. Minister Karan, are you on the phone this morning? Yes, it just got me on the call. Oh, are you ready to pray for the service on today? Yes. All right, pray, sir, pray. Lord, thank you for another day. Thanks for waking us up this morning and good health. Thank you for giving us clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, and food on our table. We pray for the people that have and don't have things that they need, and we pray that they do get the things that they need. Lord God, I want to thank you for blessing me with another day to join ministries and participate and cherishing you, God. You are almighty, and you are the God that we cherish. Lord, I ask that you can watch over us throughout the day, keep us safe, and lead us to the right path throughout the day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So, Minister um, Karan, did you want to start our service off this morning, or do you want me to go ahead and start it, or what do you want to do, sir? Um, you can start it. Okay. I will do just that. So we know that our foundational scripture for this ministry is, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. I love that scripture because it doesn't say something, but it says all these things shall be added unto you. And it's all about what God does, his mess, his addition, his ability to add to us. And whatever he adds, we allow. So before I start, I'm going to actually read 
a whole chapter. And I know you may say, hmm, I need for you to understand something that's very important. Many um, preachers and teachers and people, we have a lot to say, but we forget that we're not only saying it when we say something, but we're saying it when people read us. They read our lives. They read our conversations. They read everything about us. And so every once in a while, God used to, uh, and he still does, had to uh, talk to people about themselves. And so I want you to hear the word of the Lord. Zephaniah 3. Woe, judgment is coming to her who is rebellious and defiled. The tabernacle city, Jerusalem. She did not listen and heed the voice of God. She accepted no correction. She did not trust in the Lord, but trusted her own power. She did not draw near to her God, but to the pagan gods of Baal. Her officials within her are roaring lions. Her judges are hungry as the wolves at the evening. They leave nothing for the morning. Her prophets are reckless and treacherous men. Her priests have profaned the sanctuary. They have done violence to the law. But pretending their word is God's word. My, 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 my. We have a lot of that going on today. The Lord is righteous within her. He will do not. He will do no injustice. Every morning he brings his justice to light. Every morning, that's what it says. He does not fail, but the unjust man knows no shame. I will do no injustice. I have to keep saying that. That's what God says. He says he will do no injustice. He didn't say humankind wouldn't, but God said he will do no injustice. And it says, I, the Lord, have cut off and destroyed nations as a warning to Judah, their corner towers, battlements are in ruins. I have made their streets desolate so that no one passes by. Their cities are destroyed so that there is no man, there is no inhabitant. I said more certainly, you will reverently fear me, talking about God, accept correction. So Jerusalem's dwellings with, will not be cut off in accordance with all that I have appointed concerning her punishment. But they were eager, even rising early, to make all their deeds corrupt. Therefore, you of the godly remnant of God, patiently wait for me, declares the Lord. He's talking about his godly remnant, waiting for him patiently. Wait for the day when I rise up as a witness against the nations, for it is my decision and my right to gather the nations, to assemble kingdoms, to pour out them by indignation, all the heat of my burning anger, for in the day of the earth shall be consumed by the fire of my zeal. Then I will give the peoples clear and pure speech from the purified lips 
which reflect their purified hearts. And all of them may call on and give to the people's clear and pure speech from purified lips. Mm-mm-mm. That all of them may call on the name of the Lord to serve him shoulder to shoulder, united. From beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, my worshipers, the descendants of the name of the Lord, to serve him shoulder to shoulder. Mm, I love that. And that he's calling us his worshipers. And although he's talking about how dispersed um, they were, he was talking also about how he's going to bring his offering. He talks about how they rebelled and sinned against him. He talks about how he removed those among them that did not delight in the, in him, but they delighted in their pride. He talks about how they were arrogant. He talks about how though there was a remnant and they were the ones that were humble and lowly people, they were the ones that took refuge and trust confidently in the name of the Lord. Once again, he called them the remnant of Israel will do no wrong, nor speak lies, nor will be a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they will eat and lie down with no one to make them tremble and feel afraid. Shout for joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O Israel. Rejoice in high spirits and glory with all her heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, In that day, the Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The king of Israel, even the Lord himself, is in the midst of your midst. You will no longer fear disaster. In that day, it will be said to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion. Do not let your hands fall limp. Mm. The Lord your God is in your midst, a warrior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love, making no mention of your past sins. You hear that? He's not going to make a mention of your past sins. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. He will gather those Israelites in captivity, will grieve about the appointed beasts, and they came from you, O Zion, on whom the reproach of exile is a burden. Behold, that the time I am going to deal with your oppressors, mm, I will save the lame and gather the scattered, and I will turn their shame to praise and renown in every land where they have suffered, at that time, I will bring you in. At that time, I will gather you together, for I will make you a name, a praise among all the people of the earth when I restore your fortunes and your freedom beyond your eyes, says the Lord. Isn't that amazing that even in the Old Testament, even as the people didn't obey God, he knew 
he still had a remnant. He knew, my God, that he would restore them. Isn't that amazing how in the Old Testament, although they were doing all that they were doing, he knew that he still had a remnant? Question, are you the remnant? Or are you the ones that are going through the correction? God said in Lamentations 3, 22 and 23, it is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. And then in Psalms 118 and 24, he says, this is the day that the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So honestly, when you look in the mirror, your spiritual mirror, be honest with yourself. Who and what do you see? Do you see someone who is earnestly being changed by God? Someone that's growing in God? Someone that's Christ-like? Do you see a person that wants to line up with the word of God, the love of God, the will and the ways of God? Second Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 18 says, Therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. We are not like Moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. But their minds were made dull for this day. The same veil remains when the old covenant is read. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who, with unveiled faces, contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Once again, I ask the question, do you welcome God's transformation? Do you welcome Jesus Christ to take away the veil? Or are you still walking with Moses as the corrector, as the disciplinarian. Find yourself relating to God as love. There is a big difference. Or do you find yourself relating to God as don't do this, don't do that, don't, 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 don't. Is the God that you serve a don't God? Or is he a God that has taken Away the veil. Because you have willingly said, 
because of Jesus Christ, you said that you wish that none would perish. Because of Jesus Christ, I lean not to my own understanding, but in all my ways, I acknowledge him. Because of Jesus Christ, I realize that he is kind, he is patient, he is faithful, he's my hope, he's who I can trust in, he's my teacher, he is God's love personified. Mm. Do you know God as a fulfilling God? Or is he just a correcting God? Is he just a disciplinarian God? Well, I'm going to um, turn the program over in a little bit to Minister um, Carvan to hear what he has to say. But I want to say this, what God had given me to share on Facebook. One of God's greatest lessons that he is teaching us is when he and when we learn the difference between his love his lessons, his instructions, his directions from his corrections because it is a big difference because God the corrector and our God of love is our sovereign God who is love. And he is a big, enormous God. And so is his love. The enemy wants us to know him as only a correcting God instead of a loving God. Selah. The enemy wants us to know him as the God of the veil. We're always doing this wrong. We're always doing that wrong. But God wants us to know him as a people that can be quick to repent. We could bring our prayers and our concerns to God and know that because he loves us, he wishes none would perish. Because he loves us, he sent his only begotten son. Because he loves us, he wants us to know that we can trust in him. We can put our hope in him. We can persevere in him. We can know that his love never fails. We can know that he can teach us what to say, what not to say, where to go, what, uh, where not to go. That he can teach us how to look in the mirror and see his love and see the blood of Jesus and see the stripes of Jesus, and see the greatness in the love of God because he's given us hope. He's given us faith in him. He's given us him, which means he's given us love. God is a restorer, and he does full restoration. God is a redeemer, and he does full redemption as we fellowship with him, as we worship him in spirit and truth, for they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God wants us to know he's not saying that we are perfect, but he's saying 
that we serve a perfect God and that he's a perfecter of those things that concern him. Do you know that you concern God? Do you know that he's looking out for your spiritual well-being? Do you know his mercies are truly new every morning? Do you know that every day that he gives you a new day, that the day that the Lord has made and we're to rejoice in it? I'm going to turn the program over to Minister Carvon, but I want to ask you this question. Every day that you wake up, do you know that it's God that's allowing you to wake up? Every day is for you. Every day he has a destiny for you. Every day he's saying and calling your name and giving you a new day to share him with this sick and dying world. Yes, the world is evil. But yes, God has a remnant. He has a remnant that he's always had. Are you the redeemed of the Lord? Are you that remnant that he's been talking about from the Old Testament through the New Testament? Why well, I pray that we are. Selah. Minister Carvon, I turn the program over to you. Yes, I believe that God is the reason that everyone wakes up in the morning because if it wasn't for God, you probably wouldn't be able to go to sleep. You probably wouldn't even know that you went to sleep because that God put you to sleep and God gave you the rest that you needed or the rest that you needed to encounter to get through the day. And I believe that every day in life we should always thank God because if God wasn't here then who would be here to help us with the things that we need, the help that we want to get through to accomplish a goal that we need because God is always there to help us when we need him. And I think that if we weren't so into everything else in our everyday life that we will have the time to thank God for the things that he gave us. Because God is almighty, and if it wasn't for him, why would we be here? Why would we be able to see new things? Why would people see the good things that happen in life? And I think that if we all look at life different, we should always put God first. Because if you don't put God first, then... I mean, there won't be a God to you. You will just think of doing evil things, doing things that you think that is right and that is not right all the time. And God has been there. He's helped me through a lot of goals that I needed to accomplish, and I thank him for it because I can't live a day without God. He is always there. 
in any way that you might not think he's there. And I believe that if we all come together, we should bring churches together and, like, preach together. Um, when we preach together, we bring a, a big, I don't know how to say it, uh, it's like we bring a, a family, bring a union to each other, like, we all can relate to problems that we need, and if we ask others that are Christians, that are believers, that are ministers, they can always help us with things that we need because you might not know God. And the thing that people that people don't understand is there is help out there and you just have to find it and not in the wrong way because wrong ways lead to bad things. And I want to thank God for everything that he's done for me. Amen. I want to share these scriptures with you, and then I'm going to come back to you again, um, Minister Carvon. Jude 1, verses 1 and 2, 17 through 25, it says, To those who are called God's chosen ones, the elect, dearly loved by God the Father and kept secure and set apart for Jesus Christ. May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you, fulfilling your heart with spiritual well-being and serenity experienced by those who walk closely with God. And I'm skipping down to verse 17. But as for you, beloved, remember the prophetic words spoken by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They used to say to you, in the last day, there will be scuffers, following after their own ungodly passions. These are the ones who are agitators causing division worldly-minded, secular, unspiritual, carnal, merely sensual, unsaved, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, build yourself up on the foundation of the most holy faith. Continually progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, and pray in the Holy Spirit and keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting anxiously and looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ, which will bring you to eternal life and have mercy on some who are doubting. Save others, snatching them out of the fire of some have mercy, but with fear. 
loathing even the clothing spotted and polluted by their shameless immoral freedom. Now to whom who is able to keep you from stumbling or falling into sin, to present you unblemished, blameless, and him who is able to keep you from stumbling and falling, I'm reading that again, and falling into sin, and to present you unblemished, blameless, and faultless in the presence of his glory with the triumph, joy, and unspeakable delight to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power before all time, now and forever. Isn't that amazing that God says now and forever? We have a God that was here then and that's here now, and he'll be here forever. And he's loved. He's kind. He's patient. He's trusting, and yet he corrects. And it is such an honor, corrected and perfected by a God of love. Not a God that wants to remind you of the sin, but he wants to redeem you and make you free from the sin. Not because we deserve it, but because he is Lord. Jesus was and is blameless, sinless, but he died. He sacrificed his life out of respect, out of kindness, out of love for the Father. Mm, think of that, to honor God so much that you would do something that unselfish, that you would say, I don't know what these people think they're doing, but their hope is in God. Their love is in God. Their patience needs to be in God. Their obedience needs to be to God. They need to know that they need to be crucified with Christ. And even as second, I mean, Galatians 2 and 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. John 3 and 16 You are loved. 
And why are you loved? Because for God so loved the world that he gave his only, his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Can you imagine having life because of a love like God's love? Even John 15 and 13 says, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Wow. He's our creator, and yet he's still our friend. He's our God, and yet he's our friend. That friend that is a friend one moment and attacking you the next moment. He's not that friend that says they'll be there for you. They're your BFF. They're your ride or die. And yet when you needed them, they're sitting there watching you be hurt by another. Mm-mm-mm. James Rowe in 1912 wrote a song that said, Love Lifted Me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. It talks about the heart and him that he gave. It talks about how he clings and how he... how we praise him and sing, and it talks about how the true merits of the uh, faithfulness and the service of God, but it keeps saying that love lifted me. Arthur James uh, was an Englishman that was born to a, a, a copper miner, but he wrote a song called Love Lifted Me. Every morning that you wake up, it's because love lifted you. When Jesus rebuked the storms and and, and interceded for us all night long so that we would be protected to wake up each and every morning because love lifted me. When I thought about how when God brought Eve to Adam, and he saw her. And when he saw her, when he laid eyes on her, he says, this is now bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called a woman because she was taken out of man. And yet, later on, he says to God, that woman that you gave me. It reminds me of the type of friendship that many of us have had with people who said that we were their BFF, we were their ride or die. We didn't have this love that Mr. Rowe talked about when he says love did me. Do you really have a friend in God? I do. 
every morning that I'm waking up, I'm learning to ask God. God, you said your mercies are new every morning. God, you said this is the day that the Lord has made. God, in your word, Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. She didn't think about herself, but she said, be it unto her according to your word. Jesus said, not my will, but your will be done. I'm learning to say, God, there's a purpose and there's a destiny for this day. And it's connected to me and you, God. Show me how to be grateful for this new mercy that you've shown me. Show me and direct me to who you've assigned me to this day and who you've assigned to me. Minister Carvon, when you wake up every morning, are you asking God for his purpose for you for that day? Just a question. No, I've never asked God what is my purpose for that day. Do you think that because of him and he woke you up that morning that it might be a good idea to find out from him what his purpose is for you that day. We know that you and I may get up and say, I got to go to work today. I got to go to school today. I got to get up and fix a meal today. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. But to ask God for his purpose, for his leading and his guiding for that day, which his mercies were new, and even the word of God reminded us there that But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What are those things that he wants to add to us that day? What are those things he wants us to do for him that day? I'm learning, Minister Carvon, that many days I've been pretty selfish. I've gotten up and I've done everything that I had purpose for me to do that day. I had my to-do list. I had my bucket list. I had my uh, honey-do list. I've had my uh, this person needs this or that person needs that list. But I'm learning to ask God, God, what do you want for me to do today? I've learned that sometimes he wanted me to rest. I've learned that sometimes he wanted me to go and do this and do that. But I've also learned, and I'm yet learning, I've been pretty selfish in my life. And I'm trying to allow God to teach me the greatest lesson he could teach me, which is asking him on a daily basis, God, what is your purpose and destiny for me today? Have I done it, or has it all been about me? What do you think? 
I think that God does have a destiny for everyone. We just have to find it. And if we don't ask, we won't know. And I think that's a great idea because not everybody look at it in that way. They think of it as, oh, I'm supposed to do this today. Or I don't want to do that today. But there's also room to do other things, too. And I believe that if you show that you want to do it and if you ask God, God can help you get there where you need it to be. And that's a good word because I will spread that word that you don't just need to do what you need to do during the day. Think of what God wants you to do. Because I never thought about it as if I need to rest that day. I think of it as I should be up all day. But if God wants me to rest, I should rest. There's always room for helping others. And I think that when I I feel some days when I was working at the pantry, it discontinued now until next year, but I used to wake up and think, like, what should I do today? What what am I going to do today? And then I'll think about, oh, something come to mind. I'll go to the pantry and help out homeless. And I think that God gave me that inference to go do that every day because if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have probably got up that morning to go. He gave me the strength to do that. Amen. And just think, somebody at that pantry, when they saw your smile that day, it gave them the strength to go on. Just think, somebody at that pantry needed to see a young person that had a purpose that morning that included them. That is so powerful. Hmm. You have anything else for us, Minister Karan? Having to what you just said, uh, I think that that is what happened because every time I went to the pantry and I gave food away, there was always the ones that was grouchy, always the ones that was picky. But no matter what, they always said, thank you, or you're doing a good job. So I think that if it wasn't for God, I don't need to thank you, but God gives them the courage to tell me thank you because if I wasn't there, then they might not get enough food because of the fact that I have, they need young people to get everything set up. And if they don't get everything set up on time, it'll be going on late. And they always told me that they were blessed to have me. Uh, They always prayed for me and, I want to thank God for that. Amen. And God put that pantry there years, months, days ago, knowing that you would be there to give that person that food, that smile, that good morning. Mm, the purposes of God. 
the destinies of God. Somebody woke up this morning as the president of this or that, and it was just as important as when you said good morning to that homeless person. It was just as important when you smiled at that homeless person. Sometimes we try to make things so complex when somebody gave their heart to God because of your smile. When somebody said, God, that's just what I needed, when you handed them that can or that bag, it was just what someone needed. There was somebody that was sick and wrecked in their body in pain, but they saw somebody feeble that was working at that pantry or that was doing something to help somebody. And that somebody said to God, thank you, because now I have a desire to carry on. We never know what God is using us for. Some are billionaires, some are millionaires, and some are just the person with the might. And whatever, whatever God is calling us to, it's because of his love. His love lifted us so that we can lift somebody else. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for each and every one of us just because he loves us. Let me go over some quick lyrics to a song. It says, Holy Ghost, I'm so grateful. God, you know you did the most. When you created her for me, Lord, you know, I have witnessed your glory, all this favor you showed me. When you gave it to me, I had to learn what to do with your blessing. Now I know that the man who findeth a wife finds a good thing. So every time I think of her, I'm thanking you. And when I give my love to her, I'm thanking you. Loving her like Christ loved the church because you told me to. Yes, she helped me see all your glory. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm worth it, but I'm under your covenant, so I ain't worried. I'm just thanking you. When I think of her, I'm thanking I'm thanking you. When I give my love, I'm just thanking you. Married and in love, I'm just thanking you, you, you. When I think of her, I'm thanking you. When I give her love, I'm thanking you. When I'm married and in love, I'm thanking you. Song of Solomon, Chapter 8, read it to me. Tell me what it says. I know that you don't make mistakes, so if, in the book, then I must be okay to love her. No, I'm not ashamed. I won't shy away. I know I was made to love her. God give me grace. I hope that I ever I hope that every night feels like a wedding night. I pray, oh yea, 
Yes, Lord, you find as a wife finds a good thing. So every time I think of her, I'm thanking you. Wouldn't it be amazing? This was a man, Isaac Curry, singing a song about her. Wouldn't it be amazing if we thought like that about everything? God, you woke me up this morning. I'm thanking you. God, you gave me the oxygen in my uh, uh, lungs. I'm thanking you. God, you gave me the ability to wake up this morning. I'm thanking you. God, you gave me the ability to talk this morning. I'm thanking you. God, you gave me the ability to share your love on this morning. It's because I'm thanking you. God, you are the greatest creation and the greatest creator. I'm thanking you. What about if we knew that everything that we did was an act of love? And it is because God allowed it. God purposed it. God is teaching us that according to his will, according to his glory, according to his love, he's instructing us to love somebody. He's instructing us to share his love with somebody. He's teaching us and guiding us how to love one another willingly. He's teaching us how to allow him to change and transform our minds and our hearts and our very existence. Why? Because he's love. He's not just a God of don't do this, don't do that, don't, don't, don't. He's a God of love that says do love. Do love him. Do love her. Do demonstrate my love. Do say thank you. Do think of me. Minister Carvon, I will give you the opportunity to share um, whatever it is you have, and then I'm going to come back and do the announcements. Because today's lesson is all about love. What else do you have for us, sir? Say that um, every day is a blessing because it shows that God loves us. It shows that God wants us to accomplish our dreams and meet new people and meet new ministers, meet new people that are actually lead us through a right path. And I think love is a good scripture because everyone don't understand love. Some people don't even know what love is. But if you explain it to them, the different type of ways that you can love them and you can support them in things that they do, they might turn themselves around and they might think in a positive way, think that God is the way, learn that God is the way. And I want to thank today for this scripture because I have learned things today. Every day is a new day to learn something new. But with God, there's always something that you can find new. And something in the Bible that you might not understand, and you can understand by asking someone that knows the Bible. With that, I'm going to give it back to Minister Cecilia. Amen. Is there anyone else that would like to share before I um, say the announcements for this week? Anyone want to share on uh, what was shared today or just about love or anything? The lines are open. 
Good morning, saints of God. This is Minister Margo. I thank God for another Sunday. I thank him for the broadcast. I just wanted to come on and just encourage Minister Carvan. He was a blessing today, young man. You are a blessing. You are a walking blessing, a man of God who has much potential, much growth, and an anointing on your life to help others. I just want you to say it was encouraging to my heart as a senior to hear that we have young people who understand the importance of love and community, that we have young people that are out there willing to share their smile, share their energy, share their understanding that it's okay to need help and it's okay to say thank you. And it's okay not to say thank you if if that's how you're feeling, but to share God's love for sharing with us today. Be blessed. Have a blessed week. Walk in his strength. You come from a position of victory, young man. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Minister Margaret, for speaking that prophetic word into his life and encouraging him Um, because uh, he is a young man uh, and he is doing things that God has assigned him and purposed him to do. Let's not forget our foundational scripture, Matthew 6 and 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Also, let's remember that on tomorrow, we have an awesome privilege of having Elder Tony and Minister Ron Montgomery and Minister Sylvia to share with us on um, the cares of life and marriage and relationships. And so that'll be on Iron Sharpening Iron at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then you can also return on Friday night for Let's Talk with either Minister Sylvia or Prophet Antoine, and they will be on the air at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then you can come back on Sunday and hear what God has um, for us through um, Minister Carvon, uh, myself, and Minister Margo, and whoever uh, God blesses us with. Uh, we're so blessed that um, this young, uh, in his early 20s, young man is on the air with us sharing the various things that God is teaching him. He could be a lot of places out doing a lot of things, but he decided to seek God early with us, and we appreciate that. And so uh, just want to open up the air to anyone else that wants to share before I uh, turn it over to Minister Carvana so that he can pray for us for our service on today and closing it out. Anyone else have anything you'd like to share? Okay, Minister Carvana, I turn the service over to you for you to uh, close us out in prayer. Lord God, I want to thank you for another day of service. I want to thank you for giving more young people or more people that are listening in the blog talk lessons that you should learn in the everyday life because these are new new things that you want to learn, new things that you want to experience because you might not know the answer to what you need. Lord, I want to thank you. I ask that you could watch over us throughout the day, 
bless the people that don't have and that do have, and I ask that you could give them the knowledge to get better at everything that they do. I want to ask that you can give the give everyone a reason to wake up every morning. Tell every. I want you to ask people, what is your reason? Why do you think I woke you up this morning? What is your plan for today? What do you think that I want you to do today? It's always things that you can ask God and learn new things from God. And I want to thank everyone for listening in today. And I ask that everyone have a great day, blessed day, through Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. So until tomorrow night, when we have Iron Sharpening Iron at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, thank you. Bye-bye.